It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast on the BYU Cougars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. A very happy Tuesday to you all out there in Cougar Nation. Plenty to get to ahead on this episode of the Locked On Cougars podcast. We continue our look back at BYU football history, rounding out the 1990s with a look at the 1999 campaign. How did things go for the Cougars? Well, some ups and some downs. We'll talk about that. We'll also continue our position previews ahead of BYU fall camp. We're going to take a look at the free safety position as well as opposite end, another defensive end preview. We'll talk about both of those positions ahead on today's show. Getting close to the end. Tomorrow will be our last day of position previews. Fittingly enough, ending just before we get into fall camp on Thursday. So plenty to get to ahead on today's show. It's all brought to you today by our title sponsor, Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car, truck, or SUV will ever need. Check them out at rockauto.com. All right, without further ado, let's have some fun on a Tuesday. This is the Locked On Cougars podcast for August 3rd, 2021. What's up, everybody? I'm Jay Catch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. I work for the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah, of course, as the executive producer of DJ and PK in the morning. And a big thank you to all of you for joining us here, right here on the Locked On Cougars podcast, the only daily podcast focused on the Cougars. Hope you all are doing great here on this Tuesday. A quick reminder for you guys to make sure you leave us a rating and review if you have not done so already. Your guys' ratings and reviews help us build this audience, especially if you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts. But regardless, wherever you're listening in from, thank you for the support. Leave us those ratings and reviews. Got some BYU swagger to be given away in future episodes. If you guys want to be entered, typically how we do it is those of you who leave us ratings and reviews, well, you're entered to win. So pretty simple. If you guys want to be part of those giveaways, we'll be probably doing some of those next week in the midst of fall camp. Make sure to get a head start on the rest of the listeners out there and leave those ratings and reviews right now. All right, getting going here on a Tuesday edition of the show. A lot to talk about, but let's start off with another position preview for the BYU football program, looking ahead to fall camp. And we're going to talk today about the opposite end position. Obviously, BYU's defensive alignment, the way they lay out their depth chart at BYU Football Media Day, had so many different positions, and we've been breaking them down one by one. So you want to go back and listen to any of them, you can search back through past episodes. We started with quarterbacks. We are now down to our final four positions. We're doing two of them today, two of them tomorrow, and then I'll wrap up just as BYU Fall Camp officially gets underway. The first practice expected to be held on Thursday with media availability afterwards. Looking forward to being out there covering that, but it's kind of the layout of how we're going. So let's talk about opposite end for a minute here. It is headlined by a guy who's actually been a fixture at this position during his time at BYU, and that is Uriah Leatawa, a redshirt senior, one of the two so-called COVID or super seniors to return to BYU for another season after the 2020 season. Completely understandable on Uriah Leatawa's part. Part. He wants to have a healthy season. He has had multiple injuries during his time as a Cougar, and his hope is that he can go out and have the campaign he's always hoped to have 
as a member of the BYU football program. He's got prototypical size for the spot, six foot four, 265 pounds. And why do I say prototypical size, you probably are wondering? Well, it's because this position is considered to be the premier pass rusher on BYU's roster. So these are the guys on third down, first, second down, no matter what it is, their job or their overarching goal, I guess is what I should say, is to cause disruption for opposing quarterbacks, get sacks, and just overall be a general nuisance to opposing offensive tackles and the quarterbacks they are trying to protect. So this is the pass rusher that is supposed to be out there really getting after the quarterback. And Uriah Leatawa, one thing that he does well when he's been on the field is get after the quarterback. He has proven that. The stats bear it out. Pro football focus. If you look at those metrics by any chance, they prove that he is actually one of BYU's best pass rushers. But the issue is he has not been on the field a lot during his time at BYU. It's been spurts and stops and burps and whatever else just not has been able to play consistently so the hope is this year that he goes out and is that consistent option for BYU and can be that pass rusher he's got a fellow uh, pass rush specialist behind him a walk-on by the name of Fisher Jackson six foot five 252 pounds Fisher Jackson is from the Utah high school ranks and a guy that I really think can make an impression if he's able to go out and prove that he has got the capability of getting after the quarterback. Now, this doesn't say that these opposite ends, their responsibilities to play the run and other responsibilities are just kind of thrown to the wayside. No, they still have to be able to play a full game. But their specialty or what they're expected to do is to get after the quarterback. And a guy like Fisher Jackson, I remember all the talk going into fall camp last year was that him coming in as a walk-on, he'd been a pass rush specialist in high school out of Harriman High School and very much could be that pass rusher to really bring the heat. Well, the hope is that he can show that this year because he didn't necessarily get a chance to show that all that much in 2020. And then finally, the third player on this depth chart listed at the opposite end position is Mike Petty, another walk-on from Corner Canyon High School. Um, Mikey, as most people call him, a little bit lighter in terms of his overall weight, six foot three, two hundred and twenty-seven pounds. But I have seen Mikey Petty play multiple times at the high school level. And there's one thing this guy has, it's a lightning quick first step. Will that translate from the high school level to the collegiate level? Only time will tell. But what I saw from him in high school made me think, okay, this is a kid who can play at the next level. Will his um overall uh, skill set translate? Who knows? He probably needs to get some extra weight considering 227 pounds. There are linebackers on BYU's roster who weigh more than him. Peyton Wilgar for one, 6'3", 240. That's just for an example. So Mikey Petty probably will spend this year getting himself up to weight. Obviously, he's probably packed on some pounds during the offseason trying to get up to the requisite weight. But this year, Uriah Leatow is the guy at this position that hopes that he can go out and have that stellar campaign. Another name to keep an eye on at this position, despite him being listed as a starter elsewhere at the regular defensive end spot, is Tyler Batty. Batty was listed at opposite end last year on BYU's depth chart going into the season. Actually, it was one of his best roles was when he was getting after the quarterback. That's what he was known for in high school at Payson. So it wouldn't surprise me to see Tyler Batty both playing regular defensive end in addition to this opposite end position for the Cougars. But the good news is, is there are options on this roster to get after the quarterback. Now, will they actually get after the quarterback? Well, you and I can both have that question because I have been thinking, okay, at some point they're going to break through here. And Tyler Batty played in four games last year, and it looked like he might be the answer to BYU's pass rushing woes. 
but then he suffered back-to-back ankle injuries that have knocked him out of playing games the rest of the season last year and have had him in a walking boot for a lot of the offseason this year. If he is fully healthy, he and a guy like Uriah Leatawa, Fisher Jackson to a degree, even Mikey Petty, they will be given every opportunity to go out there and show that they can get after the quarterback. The question of the matter is, will they ultimately succeed in that quest? Well, Bears watching. We'll see what happens. There's a big opportunity this year, a number of Power 5 teams. If these guys can prove they can get after opposing quarterbacks, especially against the likes of Power 5 competition that they will face, well, it only bodes well for BYU's chances against those teams, in addition to opening up doors for them professionally, especially in the case of a guy like Uriah Leatawa. He has hopes to play professionally, I would assume, And he needs to have some tape for NFL scouts to evaluate him. Like I mentioned, it's been a lot of stops and starts for him during his career as a Cougar. If he's able to go out there and put 12 or 13 games of tape on the the film, on his highlight reel for NFL scouts, that'll go a long way to giving him that long-awaited opportunity in the pro ranks. And we'll have to kind of wait and see how things shake out. But I do like the options that are available to BYU at this position. The big question is, Will they come through and deliver as BYU fans and BYU coaches, administrators, anybody that's associated with this program want them to do? We'll have to wait and see. All right, coming up next, we'll count down BYU football history as part of our 100 seasons of BYU football. Looking back at 1999 for the Cougars, we'll dig into that momentarily. Today's show is brought to you by our good friends over at Bet Online. They are the fastest and the easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. I sound like a broken record on that, but I am a big fan of Bet Online. I've had a lot of fun trying new sports recently with the Olympics ongoing. It's kind of fun to kind of dabble in and try betting on different Olympic events, and I can tell you this much. Not very good at it, plain and simple. I have lost, it's been a losing venture when it comes to betting on the Olympics, but the best part is, is BetOnline is not limited to just the Olympics or just to baseball or to basketball or football. They have all the sports under the sun, all of the wagers, the odds, the prop bets, no matter what you're interested in, BetOnline has the options for you guys. So get over to BetOnline.ag and sign up for a free account now. Yes, you can sign up for free and also take advantage of the special welcome bonus they're offering to our listeners. It's a 50% welcome bonus, 5-0. Whatever you deposit the first time when you get to BetOnline.ag using the promo code Locked On, you'll get it added to your account as free money to bet with. Yes, free cash, free money to bet with at betonline.ag. Take advantage of the offer now. That's betonline.ag, promo code locked on for that 50% welcome bonus and get in on the action and do it with BetOnline as they are your online sportsbook experts. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA. And now through June 30, get 0% APR for 84 months, or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. Let's continue on now with our 100 seasons of BYU football countdown, the daily staple right here on the Locked On Cougars podcast. Looking back at BYU football history, and folks, we have made it. Through the 1990s, we hit the 2000s on tomorrow's edition of the show, the final year of Lavelle Edwards' tenure tomorrow. But let's talk about his second-to-last tenure as head coach of the BYU football program. 1999 dawned, and BYU obviously was looking forward to the upcoming season. Had some big-name opponents on the schedule. 
Colorado State was nationally ranked, and BYU, funny enough, had a brand new conference to call home in 1999. The newly formed Mountain West Conference, eight teams breaking away from the bloated whack and becoming their own conference. This was the first year of competition for the newly formed MWC, and also BYU in 1999 excuse me, had a brand new look. A new rebrand from Nike wearing navy uniforms, the darkest shade of royal blue, as Merrill J. Bateman, the president of BYU at the time, stated to reporters. I distinctly remember where I was at when I learned of BYU's rebrand. I was at the Deseret Industries in Provo, Utah. Many of you know where it's at, just off Columbia Boulevard over there, over by Sweets Hawaiian, if you know what I'm talking about. Well, I was over there delivering or dropping off um, some donations with my mom. I remember this distinctly. One of those moments that will stick with me forever. Turned on KSL News Radio, 1160 AM at the time. All of a sudden I hear breaking news coming out of BYU. BYU's athletic department will have a new look in 1999 wearing Navy uniforms. And my thought was like, holy smokes, what are they doing? Well, Alas, that's where they've been, and BYU's never gone back full-time to the Royal, even to the modern day. I know that Royals made a comeback in recent years and is now officially a color along with navy blue in the BYU pantheon of colors, or their Pantone, if you will. But 1999, two very unique things. BYU, as I mentioned, joining the Mountain West Conference as a founding member of that conference alongside Utah, Colorado State, Wyoming, San Diego State, New Mexico, Air Force, and UNLV. There were some hard feelings from other teams left in the wax, such as Hawaii, but you know what? Beggars can't be choosers, and these were the real power heavy hitters, it felt like, and they moved on to create their own conference. And obviously, BYU wearing brand new uniforms that they debuted on September 9th against Washington on ESPN. A highly anticipated matchup between these two programs. They played the three years previous. Washington winning all three of those matchups between the Cougars and the Huskies. Well, this night in Provo, this was going to be a Cougar team that was not going to be denied. Kevin Federick finds Chris Hale on a touchdown late in this game to give BYU the 35-28 victory. A very, very fun game. Uh, probably the high point of Chris Hale's career as a BYU football player. A 38-yard pass he hauled in from Federick. And by the way, Kevin Federick was a third-year starter in 1999. The thought was, okay... He's going to his third year. This guy's got to have it down pat. And this first game, if you watch that game alone, you would think, okay, this season's going to be fun. Kevin Federick went 39 of 59. Yes, almost 60 attempts. Three touchdowns against one interception, totaling 500 yards on the head. I've seen 501 yards regardless. He had a 500-yard game, one of the greatest single games in BYU football history as a quarterback. Just absolutely lit it up. Margin Hooks led the way with eight receptions for 140 yards and one touchdown. Luke Staley had eight carries to 39 yards as BYU's leading rusher. Also tallied two touchdowns in the victory for BYU. But season started off pretty well for the Cougars. Then they took on number 23 Colorado State and BYU had entered the national rankings at this point checking in at number 25. So this is a top 25 showdown in Provo between the Rams and the Cougars. The first game of MWC membership for both schools. BYU took care of business against Sonny Lubick and CSU winning 34-13 to and suddenly you're thinking, holy smokes BYU's off and rolling here. Well, then BYU had a third straight home game as Virginia came to Cougar Stadium. The Cougars are ranked number 17 after that victory over Colorado State. And this game was an absolutely crazy game. High scoring on both sides. 
Virginia ultimately emerging with a 45-40 victory, but it was not despite BYU absolutely giving them everything they could handle. In the first quarter, it was all Virginia. Anthony Southern caught a 15-yard touchdown pass. Kevin Coffey, another touchdown pass from Dan Ellis. And then Thomas Jones, the future Chicago Bear, tallied a 23-yard touchdown run, and suddenly Virginia's up 21 to nothing. Well, BYU kind of chipped their way back into it. Luke Staley had two touchdowns in the second quarter. Brian Gray had a 28-yard pick six to get it to 28-19 at halftime. In the third quarter, a lot of scoring going back and forth. Touchdowns on both sides. Margin Hooks hauling in a touchdown pass as well as Ben Horton. That made it 38-33 before Billy Baber added a five-yard touchdown pass from Dan Ellis to make it 45-33 entering the fourth quarter. Well, Carlos Nuno hauled in a touchdown pass for the Cougars in the fourth quarter, making it 45-40, but BYU would get no closer in this game, losing their first game of the season. Kevin Federick had 303 yards total, three touchdowns against three interceptions, all those critical interceptions in this game, and the Cougars fall to 2-1 and one on the year. They fell out of the national rankings the following week when they traveled to Utah State. Uh, Dave Arzlanian's team was up for this game. BYU had their work cut out for them. They ended up winning that game 34-31. to And the Cougars seemingly righted the ship. The following week, they back into the top 25 as they hosted Cal, the Golden Bears, coming to Provo. BYU had four home games in the first five games of the season. Absolutely nuts. This game was televised on ABC, and BYU took care of business, winning 38-28. to so suddenly, BYU's 4-1. and one. They're ranked number 21 the following week as they go to New Mexico. They trounce the Lobos 31-7. to Then are ranked number 19 the following week when they take on UNLV in Las Vegas, winning that game 29 to nothing. And that's when things really seemed like they were going to really get going for the Cougars. They took on Air Force as the number 16 team in the country on October 30th, winning that game 27-20. to And then go to San Diego State as November opened with a win 30-7, to Suddenly, BYU is riding high, folks. You can remember, if you were watching this team, it felt like, okay, this team really can do no wrong. They're sitting at 8-1 and one at that point, number 15 in the country. Kevin Federick and company really got things going. And then they go to Laramie, Wyoming. Dana Dimmel, now the head coach at UTEP, and the Cowboys spring an absolutely crazy upset, 31-17, to beating the Cougars. One of the bigger losses in BYU history, if we're being honest with ourselves, and uh, BYU just did not have an answer for the Cowboys in this game. Did they get a big head? Who knows? But Kevin Federick passed for 362 yards, had one touchdown against one interception. BYU's rushing game was non-existent. 77 yards total as a team. Just not good enough for the Cougars as they lose that game. And It was a bit of a stunner, if we're being honest. If you guys remember 1999, and I remember this season, it just you, you didn't think, okay, Wyoming? Really? Wyoming? The Cowboys? But huge win for Dana Dimmel and the Cowboys. And the following week, BYU, probably feeling bad about themselves, took on Utah, ranked number 19 in Cougar Stadium, the Holy War game, on November 20th. And BYU loses that game in a heartbreaker, 20-17, to to finish out the season on a back-to-back losing game losing streak, the first losing streak of the season, and suddenly they're just sitting at 8-3, and three, and you're like, what in the world happened to this team? Well, frankly, I don't necessarily know what happened to this team, I feel like, because I still look back at 1999 and wonder, okay, what could have been? Margin Hooks tallied the only touchdown in that game for BYU. Actually, excuse me, um, Margin Hooks and Ben Horton had the touchdowns in the game for the Cougars in the loss to Utah. 
TD Croshaw uh, had a big game for the Utes with Ron McBride coming to Provo. Croshaw finished with 228 yards, two touchdowns, and two interceptions. Kevin Federick, two touchdowns against three interceptions after totaling 309 yards. He was just 22 of 52 in the game. Once again, the, the rushing offense just was not there for BYU. And I think part of 1999, thinking about it, is that injury that uh, Luke Staley suffered, I think it was at midseason, how much did that play into it? Because we all know what 2000 and 2001 held for Luke Staley, and obviously his injury concerns were a big part of the storyline for both of those years. But BYU limps into the postseason, sitting at 8-3. and three. They tied for the initial Mountain West title, 5-2 and two on the season in the MWC. Utah also 5-2, and two. Colorado State 5-2. and two. It was a three-way tie atop the conference, and BYU earned an invite to the Motor City Bowl in Detroit, Michigan. Uh, I guess Pontiac, Michigan, technically the Pontiac Silverdome. Motor City Bowl against number 11, Marshall. Chad Pennington, the quarterback, you remember Chad Pennington, played for the New York Jets, was the quarterback for the Thundering Herd, and BYU just did not have an answer in this game. They looked sluggish all game long, falling 21-3 to the number 11-ranked Marshall Thundering Herd. One of those games that you wonder, okay, if they would maybe not lost back-to-back games, maybe they're feeling different about themselves, but you got to give credit to Marshall. They were really really good in this game. Pennington finishing with just 207 yards passing, one touchdown against one interception, but BYU's quarterback play, not good. Kevin Federick, 6 of 11, 125 yards, zero touchdowns, zero interceptions. Charlie Peterson came in, 4 of 7 for 50 yards, one touchdown, one interception. Brett Engeman even got time in this game, 6 of 11, uh, zero touchdowns against one interception, 220 yards total as a passing offense for BYU. Their rush offense, once again, just a major black hole. Just 53 yards on 30 attempts. And as I said, the Marshall Thundering Herd win that game 21-3, dropping BYU's overall record in 1999 to 8-4. This is one of those seasons, as I said, folks, the Cougars were 8-1. Remember that, 8-1, then finish out the year on a three-game losing streak. It's one of those seasons, had they not necessarily stumbled against the likes of Wyoming and got themselves in a little bit of a spiral, what might have been for the Cougars? They could have won the Mountain West crown outright in the first year of the MWC. Those bib uniforms that uh, the NCAA ultimately outlawed because they actually bled and made a what they called what they call it a, a competitive disadvantage. Uh, funny enough, when I was going to BYU, just a little bit tidbit here on those uniforms, I actually got to see the original bib uniforms. I have held them in my own hands. And the sweat, they were not color fast. The sweat actually made them turn purple. I have seen those uniforms. I I don't know if they're still around BYU. I would hope they are. But those uniforms, one of a kind and probably not the best decision in Nike or BYU's history to ever wear those because they got outlawed by the NCAA. But nonetheless, the uniforms BYU wore against Washington they did turn purple. There's no doubt about that because I've seen it with my own eyes. So there you go. Recap of 1999. Tomorrow we'll talk about 2000, the final year of Lavelle Edwards' tenure. Well, many of you know how it went, but we'll break it down nonetheless as we continue our countdown towards the upcoming season. Crazy to think we're just over a month away, but looking forward to it all the same. Coming up in moments, though, we will look at another position on BYU's defense, the free safety position, excuse me. Plenty of question marks about it. Is the depth there to hold up on the back end of BYU's defense? We'll look at all of that 
in just a second. Today's podcast is brought to you by our good friends over at Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models of all vehicles, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all of the parts you need. Why would you go to the auto parts store, the dealership, ask for a part, and then they search it on their computer and tell you, okay, I've got option A or B because those are the only two that my manufacturer or my warehouse happens to stock. When you have a laptop, you have your mobile devices, computer in your pocket, you can go to rockauto.com and see all the parts available to you from all manufacturers. That's the best part about Rock Auto is they make it easy for you guys. They want you to save time and money when using their resource. Why would you choose to spend 30, 50, even 100% markup for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership when you can go to Rock Auto? Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years, and their prices are always reliably low for every customer. So you go check them out. Check out their easy-to-use website today to find the solution for all of your auto parts needs. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Make sure to write Locked On at the How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. You can put Locked On Cougars in there if you want to make it a little more specific and give me the support. But nonetheless, check them out. Amazing selection. Reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. That's rockauto.com. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at kubotaorangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. Before we call it a day here on the Locked On Cougars podcast, let's round out the show with another position preview and take a look at the free safety position for the BYU football program. Previously talked about strong safety, which is headed by Chaz Ayu. Well, his backfield running mate, according to BYU's depth chart they released at BYU Football Media Day, will be Junior Malik Moore, six foot one, 191-pound athlete. And I really like Malik Moore's game. Similar to what we talked about earlier on on today's show with Uriah Leatawa, his injury history is what's got to leave you having concern if you want to see him in big doses. The hope is that he's kind of been able to move past that. He had shoulder surgery that he had to come back from last year, but hopefully this year he and Chaz Ayu can form that backfield tandem that really gets after it. He will be backed up by a walk-on Hayden Livingston who has been more than serviceable during his time as a Cougar, a redshirt sophomore, 601 a six foot one, 207 pounds. Livingston's game is very interesting to me. I would think that if he were 20 or 30 pounds heavier, he might be one of the better linebackers on BYU's team, but unfortunately, unable to gain, kind of gain that weight, he probably maxed out his frame, so he's playing safety. But I think if you were to take, you get say, Jake, here's your four man rotation at safety for BYU this year. You give me Chaz Ayu and Taylor Alfrey at the strong safety position, Malik Moore and Hayden Livingston at free safety. And in a pinch, you also move Jerry Capisi over from that Joker position because he played both safety positions previously. You have those four to five guys. I'm actually feeling fairly comfortable if you were going to grant me full health for all of them. Honestly, I really think there's a lot to like. 
Also at free safety, there are two other players listed. Incoming freshman Dean Jones, the former rugby, not rugby, a rodeo star, excuse me, from Arizona. Dean is a really tough-nosed player, and that's obviously helped in part by his background in rodeo. If you're going to do rodeo in any way, shape, or form, you have to be among the toughest toughest human beings I have ever met personally. You have to have a little bit of a screw loose, and that actually kind of fits the safety position. And Dean Jones will be looking to carve out a role for himself as a true freshman coming into BYU. And then finally on the depth chart, Matt Criddle, similar to strong safety, listed as the fourth string, a junior, six foot one, 195 pounds. Similar to Dean Jones, who comes in at six foot two, 195 pounds. Matt Criddle's just looking to contribute in any way, shape, or form that he can. It would not surprise me to see him contributing on special teams in a large degree, but this position is very much headlined by Malik Moore. I also like Hayden Livingston there as kind of the safety backup if in case Malik Moore's health does not hold up. But as I said, give me that four to five man rotation that we already mentioned with Chaz Ayu, Taylor Alfrey, uh, who did I mention? Uh, um, Jared Capisi, Malik Moore, and Hayden Livingston. I'm actually fairly confident about that bunch replacing the depth of that position. And I put out a question on our social media yesterday, especially on Twitter, asking the question, well, what's your biggest question mark going into fall camp? And actually was one of the responses we got. Tyler Bergner, one of our great listeners, guy who's been uh, on this podcast multiple times, he said offensive line depth and depth in the safety room. So you're not wrong, Tyler, but I really do think that the depth is there at safety. It's just unproven at this time. Offensive line to me, it's the offensive tackles that have me worried. I think the interior of BYU's offensive line should be pretty well set. Other responses to that question coming in, Cameron Martin to Cam Camion said starting quarterback. Obviously, that's the overarching question going into training camp. Casey Finlinson of FinDaddy81. How are the styles of the new coaches on the staff, and how will they mesh with what's already been working now under A-Rod? Great question, Casey. And I think fall camp will go a long way to telling us I'm hopeful we get a chance to see this team practicing, speaking of the media in person. Probably won't, but I can hope. And at that point, I'm able to answer that a little bit closer. And then our final other response that I saw as of the time we recorded this podcast was Ryan Reynolds at Ryefish 65 said, will BYU go undefeated or lose just one game? Ryan, I like your thinking. I'd love to think that's going to happen because that would mean that 2021 is probably going to even be more fun than 2020. Hopefully, we can dream that's what ultimately will play out. The question for today, though, is who is the underrated player that you are looking forward to most, or the underrated player in your mind you're looking forward to most making a name for themselves this season? Could be somebody who's already been a a starter for BYU previously that you feel like has not gotten their just due. Let us know at Locked On Cougars on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Let us know your underrated player you're expecting to really break out, at least in fall camp, maybe throughout this upcoming season. Call your shot now. Also, if you'd like to weigh in via email, feel free to do that as well. Our email address, lockedonbyu at gmail.com. That is the way to contact us via the internet. All right, that is going to do it for this Tuesday edition of the show. Tomorrow on the show, we look at two other positions, our final two positions, the rover position and punter. Ooh, that's going to be fun. The big topic will also be the 2000 season. Lavelle's swan song, his finale as BYU's head coach. We'll examine all of that ahead on tomorrow's podcast. This has been the Locked On Cougars podcast for August 3rd, 2021. And we will talk to you guys then.
NCAA tournament is almost here, and listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.